And our beautiful guest today is a film composer, a singer, a musician, and a voice coach, and apparently a poached egg enthusiast. Post egg enthusiast. <laughs> a post egg enthusiast. Post. Oh, I'm so post egg. A sh- shoegaze eggs. Please welcome uh, Red Heartbreaker. Hello. 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 <laughs> if that is your real name. <laughs> totally. It totally Absolutely. is. Absolutely. You got picked on a lot as a kid, I assume. I know. They're like, she looks like a bitch. And I'm like, you look like you're right. <laughs> That's what I said. The that, whole time. That the was whole cool. time. You're right to think I'm a bitch, other kids, <laughs> in this fourth grade class. Actually, some of my some of my closest friends have told me. Some of my closest friends are bitches. No, yes, but also some of my closest friends have told me that when they first met me, they're like, what? I never talked to you because I thought you looked like a real bitch. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> And I would like, I would used to search my face and I would go, is that like the angle of my eyebrows? Is it like, do I frown a lot? I do frown a lot. But, so I don't know if I was just really direct or, or what? I don't know. But just self-possessed maybe. Some of my favorite people, people are like, like that. Yeah. yeah, you were super scary at first and then like, then I got to know you and it was fine. Yeah. This is, I, I literally said that this about This is too this fucking week. real. Yeah, this is exactly, <laughs> I've had my ass handed to me this week just in terms of like, you're mean and I'm like, but I'm not not like I had a professor tell me I had the opposite of resting bitch face and it's like yeah but you make me feel like shit when you do xyz I'm like no 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 is it true am I I I think I am (laughs) shit shit so I need to work on how I manage stress apparently is the lesson that I've gotten what that's an unbitch your heart Tony Bitchton. <laughs> Tony Braxton must never, ever, ever pass away. She is an international treasure. Oh my god, this I love true. Tony god. Braxton. One I hope of, she's okay right now. Yeah. Honestly, part of my sexual awakening as like a bisexual female was the video where she's in the white jumpsuit with the little key ring thing that you could just... You know. Yep. I'm making a hand motion of unzipping it slowly. Yep. Christina. Yep. I know. It's, she's so beautiful, though, you guys. She is. <laughs> and that, like, low range of her... Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. So, like... She's so sensual. <laughs> Sibilance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I make a lot of very unpleasant mouth noises on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's I'm okay, because we've got a shitty mic so it doesn't get picked up as much. <laughs> yeah, we're not. You can pop your peas all you want. It's... In the studio, there was some really super high-tech microphones, as you can see, They're but our, our preamp... They can't, though. Yeah, our preamp <laughs> burst just burst just into flames. No phantom power for you. Yeah, and it just... Yeah. We we had to use sort of a secondary kind of technology, and then yeah. we got the preamp replaced. It has since broken again. Oh, oh no! But we found that just using this is actually better for voices, oh. Because it doesn't pick up all of the weird mouth smacking. Like, the mics were too good. Yeah. They were too good. But I'm sure That's... all of our episodes kind of just... Oh, it doesn't sound as good that way. But Yeah, I liked Red as soon as you came in. I was like, offered you some beverages. You're like, well, can I have my rosé with some ice, please? I'm like, you know how I fucking roll. I love it. <laughs> 
Like, I would have offered ice, but you asked, uh, and I just, oh, I love it so much. Yeah, like, I'm worried about being judged thank for putting ice in wine, no, but no. it's good. Rosé? Goddamn. You are going to put ice in rosé? Very correct. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can put ice in any wine other than red, and I'm not going to judge you if you put it in red. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. You know what's interesting? They make this, like, red frizzante. They make this, like, red bubbly wine. Right. Okay. And it's, like, refrigerated. It's supposed to be cold. Right. It's like and a pinot. It's pino, like a pinot. Like but it's like a Shiraz. Mm. Like, huh. bubbly... Huh. Shiraz, it's super cold. And it's weirdly good, but you're confused the whole time you consume it. Yeah, that seems... Seems like something Germans would drink. <laughs> like, you know, when they have red wine and they put Coke in it? That I don't understand. Yeah. Which, although I've never tried it, so there's... It's a headache central. It's headaches. It yeah, it like tastes better than it ought to, but it's still not good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Why can't I quit you, Coke and red wine? <laughs> oh, I can quit it very easily because it hurts so bad if you drink it. <laughs> so bad. Well, I mean, when you say Coke and red wine, like, that's a whole other oh, story. Oh, Lord, yeah. But no. it's like Coca-Cola and red wine. It just feels like you're putting, yes, like, sharpened <laughs> spikes in your hand. What do they call... There's a couple of different places that do that. Gesplurknen. <laughs> what, really? <laughs> no! <laughs> you said it was such confidence. No, a, I'm a confidence man. <laughs> oh, it'll come, it'll, like, it'll come, come in a flash. We'll be why like, I don't put my phone on airplane We'll be mode, like, yeah. and here, let's talk about some very serious thing, and I'll be like, oh my god, this is what it's called! Yeah, but and it's a Spanish thing, too, coconut oil. Yeah, 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 so there's a specific name for it. Katie will find it, it eventually. It is called, it is called a, oh, uh, a calimazzo? Mm. Uh, or mot. It's it's got an X in it. It's it's from the Basque culture. So mm, from Barcelona. Basque. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm. Have you guys ever tried Basque ciders? No. No. Dudes. Tell me why. Dudes. <laughs> All right. First off, I have been told that it's called Choch. Okay. T X O T X. Choch. Choch. Like, let's just observe how fucking cool a mouthfeel that shit is to start. <laughs> You're up on your linguistic horse shit. It's a fucking paradise waiting in your mouth. And then it's like a yeasty, pickleback, scrumpy cider. Goddamn delight. What? It's like, it's traditional cider. But it's super fucking yeasty, mm. okay. which normally you're like, that sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible really, mistake. Because no, it's like champagne. <laughs> <laughs> the continent. She, she comes from continental. She comes. She comes from uh, Polish stock, and I come from uh, Swedish stock. So we're all okay. very into like a the weird, funk. yeah, funk. Oh, like funk. Yeah. dudes, it is like funky. a sourdough, a rye of yes, sorts. Those yes, types, yes. types of things. So this stuff is like. It's like a scrumpy cider. So you know how a scrumpy cider is yeasty and weird? But then it's like a scrumpy cider with a pickleback. That's so bizarre. It's like pickly. I've never had a pickleback, and I should, because I love whiskey and I love pickles. We will get you one soon. I know many places serve them now because they're real trendy, apparently. Yeah, they got them down at uh, Jackalopes, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. It's a damn delight. There is a uh, cafe near my house in Gastown house like that's yes my home my no. palatial mansion my apartment in my co-op in Gastown <laughs> uh and it's called the birds and the beats they make delicious amazing things but they do a thing called the orchard in the sea <coughs> <coughs> sorry I've been by the sea for my consumption I was overwhelmed by emotion just now <laughs> by the church I choked on the Choke. The choke. The choke. Oh, uh, Lord. The, or- the orchard in the sea. And they do this, it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, I think. Okay. And they, normally they're just a cafe, and so they close at like 8 o'clock or something like that. But they do these nights where it's like 
little nibbly bits of delicious things. <laughs> and they serve all these crazy ciders. And they have a whole bunch of Basque ciders. A whole oh. bunch of choach. A whole bunch of different kinds of places like that. I, I really think you're saying chode every time. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and maybe maybe choach is like a, the name of a, a cidery or something like that. I don't know. Okay. My, but my understanding is that that's what it's called. So Interesting. Viewers at home can correct me on the internet. Don't. No, they can't correct us. No, don't add us about Too this. bad. Go do your own you. research and then discover for yourself. Just drink yeah, the goddamn cider. Yeah, live your own life. <laughs> don't, don't bother us. Build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds really delicious. I wish we had all Man. of those things and, in the cooler uh, right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I would definitely have a sip of that. <laughs> the cooler. I just imagine that you guys had like a cooler. I think we will get to know each other a little more. <laughs> Basically, what happens is I I am often like seized by an idea, and I have a full like three dimensional Technicolor narrative in my mind. Oh, how, okay, how the scene Fantastic. looks, right? Right. Which when you're a film composer really helps. Mm-hmm. So you were just like, well, I wish I had that in the cooler, and I was like, oh, like I saw the whole scene of like you have a, a cooler that like there's pictures of, and every day there's like a weird sponsored thing in the cooler, and you're like, today it's brought to you by German sausage. Today is by. Kielbasa. <laughs> it's all a sausage-based sponsorship, basically. Right? I mean, I wouldn't I mean, be opposed to that. Sea Hags by Bestie, you know? Yes. Sea Hags by the Polonia Sausage House down the street. Mm, what? That would be yes. Sea Hags and Fryby together at last. Mm. <laughs> Fryby Fine Foods brings you this episode of Sea Hags. But you can even see, like, the backyard that the cooler is stored oh, in yeah. under the awning. That, yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, the, there's, like, beers and koozies on top because mm-hmm. you've taken the lid and turned it inside out. And there's, like, the four little spots. Mm-hmm. Even. Mm-hmm. There's little ants drowning in the water. That's totally. Just, I, the ice is melted. And yeah. everyone, like, tinkles of glasses and stuff like that. And everyone's just fishing. Sound ants design. out. Sound ants out with their, yeah, some bringing the Foley truck. That's all I'm thinking about these days is, yeah. like, how to, how to set a fucking scene, you know? I don't know if anybody noticed, knows this, but I'm writing I'm writing a series. <gasps> cool. <laughs> what is it about? I'm such an asshole. It's about ghosts. Yay. It's called Ghost House. Ghost oh, House. It's called Ghost House. First Sclusi, because you haven't mentioned it on this podcast What? Before. Yes, I have. Haven't I? I don't think so. I think you were keeping it quite a tight Oh, secret. my God. I was keeping it Don't worry myself. about it. Shit. Just don't say anything else. Okay. You well, gotta, I'm writing a series. It's, it's still, it's still in development. and. Uh, but I'm, I'm now thinking of things in terms of making a scene, as it, mm. well, and not just in the kind that I get thrown out of the mall forever. <laughs> Another thing! <laughs> I don't even like this ch- jacket, Chico. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna go on the other sirens. How is how is kernels even still exist? Nobody even likes popcorn that much. This and is- in terms of setting the scene, you're totally getting kicked out of the Kingsgate Mall. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's Kingsgate. I, it's was, gotta be Kingsgate. I was thinking. I was thinking. I probably wouldn't get kicked out of the Kingsgate. I think I have to be a bit more of a dirtbag. <laughs> But like in I'm, the scene, like, I feel you've like done some shit. I'm being pulled out of a metro town. Like, that is the okay. qual- the caliber of mall I would be kicked Got out of. It. Maybe a okay. low-key town center. Um, <laughs> this episode's going to be really hard to mix. <laughs> We're just, like, shriek laughing. It'll be okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. We're well, going, yeah, going but from... that's your problem. I know. Oh. I can do some shit. I can do some tweaks. But uh, She offers wine. She adds ice cubes. She mis- mixes. That's just great. Yeah. Listeners at home, you may want to uh, have your hand on your little volume buttons as you listen to this. If you have a hand free, if you... No, that's just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, don't I'm do that to our podcast. Well, or do. I don't or know. Do, just I don't email us about it. Adult, adult show here. 
we're all sure. adults. Th- these kind. are these are all explicitly rated. So yeah. that's very funny. Absolutely. If I'm on your show, you should probably make sure that shit is on there. <laughs> that was um, so. That's how I actually met Red. Is yeah. doing uh, Morgan Brayton, past guest Morgan Brayton's oh, uh, yeah. television show, which is we got into the last episodes ever of Morgan Brayton and other people. So good. And we did an episode about being old married hags. Yes, we did. And uh, yeah, not to each other, obviously. We were new friends. Oh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I didn't think you were a bitch at all when I first met you. When I saw you at first, I'm like, mm, she could be a bitch. And then immediately you were very nice. <laughs> I just think that about anyone who's attractive. I'm just like, you could be an asshole. <laughs> Don't even get me well, started on what I think about ugly people when I meet them. You're it's definitely very an bad. Look at the shape of your face. Oh my god. Oh my god. God wouldn't make such a monster if you weren't full oh. of sins. <laughs> Obviously, I don't mean that. I'm just easily oh. easily goaded by other people. Being we haven't silly done geese. a Saturday night podcast for a while. Pretty baby. <laughs> So. All I'm trying to say is to our faithful listeners that will listen to this on a Tuesday morning, we're... <laughs> a Tuesday morning. Yeah, we're Meredith just, will be we're, fine. We're having a good time. Meredith yeah. But so you guys were on a TV show together? Yes, we were. And, yes. Uh, and you were very nice right off the top. I so I did you. not get any, any, any bad vibes whatsoever. Otherwise, same I wouldn't same. have invited you to do this. Same, same. Yeah. Same, same, same. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's stuff. That was really... Um, getting to do that was interesting because, you know, it, it's not really super planned out in advance either much like the podcast is kind of like well you're gonna say what you're gonna say and we're gonna work with that yeah so that was kind of fun it's just uh yeah yeah so you're uh you're married and i'm married and that's how what we had in common and you know our hair also. we have bitchin hair we have very bitchin hair yeah, yeah your shades of red are very complimentary mm-hmm. we're working on that angle of the color wheel you got we're more of like... a blue red and i've got more of an orange red i'd mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. pretty like good it. pretty good we don't have to kill each other which is nice thank god no sharks and jets shit in here <laughs> no 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 i mean we may snap down the street but usually on the same so <laughs> and because Technicolor in my mind. Yeah. I've been thinking about this is a total non sequitur. Just great. Way. Please. I've been thinking Forever. strongly about the series of T-shirts that I want to make, mm-hmm. and the first one of them. Look for it in a store near you at some point. <laughs> like that is going to happen. Um, I want to make shirts that say "Friends don't let friends clap on one and three. <laughs> <laughs> and so you think of this like sharks and jets, right? It's all two and four people. Mm-hmm. Like even back. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I'm you. not a musician. One and two and three. And it's it's the weirdest thing in the whole world. And sometimes at at shows we'll do like an audience participation thing or that sort of thing. Oh man, I never trust the audience to do. Oh anything. man, you see them clapping away. You're like, you're like, from the stage. You're like, I have to entertain you, but also you're. <laughs> you have to do like, like big body movement. Big, yeah. big whole like massive Cthulhu arms of like, no, like, this is like, what's happening now. Like you are Sharon and Lois trying to right? call to Bram on right? the other side of the stage with your arm gestures. <laughs> trying to call to. I don't know what I'm talking about. I thought you said the cult of Bram and I was like, oh my God. Trying to call to Bram. Know, oh God, I hope they're not like part of a weird sex Sharon, Lois, and Lois the cult just of died. Bram. I can't go on about this. You know what? She's taking the secrets of the grave. Yeah. <laughs> How that elephant came out to play that day. We'll never know. Gasp! Gasp! <laughs> but we think it had a little something to do with the skin of a rink. <laughs> and the dink. And the dink! <laughs> 
Okay, I'm I'm putting the dink forward as the title. Uh, the dank. The I dank think it was. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also gonna write the dink because that the makes dink. me laugh really hard. <laughs> the dink. Oh man, this is a problem. Being a cello player is to get people to clap as well. I don't have any appendages oh, yeah. that can do that, and totally. so like. To work even, on those feet, I guess. But yeah, to even to like drop my bow to then help people clap and not play the instrument, like that's still a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So like I kind of need to do what there's this woman named Joran in Quebec and then oh. Rashad Eggleston, who's like a huge cello like Legend. idol of mine, and they all wear a body strap and they just keep it on them and then oh. they've got hands-free action. This like this guy, he like got lowered or raised up on a crane, rather. He had like a harness on. And played his cello and then he started doing flips upside down and was still playing. Oh, fuck off. Yes, because he's amazing. And he jumped off a roof playing cello one time. He's just showing off at this point. Oh, 100% he is. Because why wouldn't you if you had that skill, right? He's amazing. Cello's I'll show so you. Big. Oh my god, yeah. Rashad Eggleston, he's like a bluegrass cellist. And Holy he's like, shit. he's also like a goblin and like. A goblin. And also just like, he's like weird circus people and I fucking adore him and it's he's also so talented. Half goblin. Yeah. Yes, right? So like always in like colorful tights doing flips with a cello strapped to his body. So I'm like, I need to get on this cello strap so my body trains so I can at least have some hands free. Shit, yeah. Something. And stand up. Because I hate sitting down. I have no like movement on stage. Mm-hmm. I can't dance around. What are your opinions of electric cello? I love them. You love them. Okay, cool. I haven't... So you like the stick. Yes. Yeah. I haven't played one. I just haven't been able to afford one, so They're that's dear. next time They're that dear. I'm able to save up for something that's not traveling, which I would much rather be doing. Totally. <laughs> but then, if I, got, if I got an electric cello, then I could travel with it better, which is yeah. the thing. So. Have you seen those um, like travel bases, collapsible travel bases upright bases is it the like ones that you can plug in or ones that you it's like a practice one that's like all made out of weird like light wood like i don't, also I don't also know wood. yeah 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 i'm not even kidding huh. do you know um do you know the band lake street dive no okay oh sorry look it plugged up. plugged <laughs> lake street dive they're fucking awesome they're um they're bassist bridget there's a video flying around on the internet of her in a travel base collapsing contest. It's her and another upright bassist oh, wow. on stage. And she's like, I wouldn't say that she's a tiny lady, but she's not a very large lady. Mm-hmm. Like, she's fairly mini. So, you know, her <laughs> arm, like, she's in, like, lady shape. Yes. But she's not, like, six feet tall. Right, but, but she's so, like so the reach nine. on the double base is a bit of a stretch. You can see yeah. her, like, she's got to reach up. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, just ripping this base apart and, like, it's putting it back together and, like, sticking... Oh, my God. So, like, the neck comes off and, like, oh stuff off the back comes off and the strings get collapsed <gasps> and the bridge comes off and it's, like, foom, 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 foom. So you can see all this footage of people, like, howling in this club and watching her, like, take it off and she beats the other dude on stage. Or she beats the dude on stage. And, um, you know, she gets to the end. You're just looking at it and going, how does this bass survive? Like, that much tension? Yeah. Like, bass strings are fucking crazy. Like, yeah. if you want to garrot a horse, please, first <laughs> off, please don't do that. Please and don't secondly, do that. And secondly, definitely don't do that. But if you were to think about how you would do it on TV, you need a fucking bass string, yes. right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. That's... If you want a garrot a horse. No, but I'm There's just... another title but for you. sheer musculature, right? <laughs> We've moved away from the base itself and more into, like, the... Horse murder. (laughs) Back to murder! (laughs) But, like, to collapse it down into, like, what? Like, a little suitcase out of, like, a duffel bag kind of dealie, or... I I don't know whether the body... How much the body collapses, if at all. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, the the body size. And I don't know whether it is scaled, so I don't know if it's, like, three-quarter scale upright or something like that. 
still, that's like still. a much more of a doable backpack than having all the like up end like thin things that can get knocked off by like a passing like crane or something. <laughs> that coupled with the extra Some, two seats you have to buy on the fucking plane right, to get it anywhere. Someone with a kayak just like turning really fast and breaks your tail. <laughs> someone with a kayak. You know how you carry your kayak on your back? Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Do no. is are it like you, are you as, as like, one does? Or like two people carrying a two by four and just like knock your cello in half? That is I'm, hilarious. I'm worried about a lot of things while I travel because like I'm we're very sure. about a lot of slapstick related problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, is a plate of glass going to appear in the street in front of you? As I well? mean, probably. I wouldn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> don't they normally put masking? T- I don't know. I'm. <laughs> Pulling away this from the drama, so silly, so quickly. <laughs> like I've never seen us dissolve any giggles this quickly and this thoroughly. Oh yeah, but you are very correct to point out the logistics on the plane. Like that would be amazing to be able to collapse it in a way that you could then store it as cargo and not be worried that it was going to be like fucked up. Yeah, that would be amazing. Hashtag I have... looking at you, United. You I... Fucking fucks. No, no, no. I right? have dreams. That's a really long hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking fucks. You fuck fucking you, fucks. Fuck you, fuck you, 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 you fucks. pricks. Looking at you, United, you fucking fucks, fuck you. I, I think that's more than the characters on I'm rarely inclined to actual rage that that shakes down to action against other people. I'm very inclined to fits of rage internally so that I can like experience the emotion yeah. and then digest it and get through it and get past it. You gotta name your feelings and feel your feelings. Great, big, massive, volcanic feelings. I've always had huge feelings. Massive, massive, massive feelings. And I remember being very small and feeling like like I was gonna hulk out like feeling like I was gonna actually explode into white hot flames and be like I don't know where to put all these feelings right feeling like I was gonna just fucking explode I have rarely felt that same intensity of sensation a post therapy thank god for therapy Woo. hell yeah therapy and B number B letter two whatever um I don't remember um I've rarely rarely felt that actually as an adult in such a way that I would actually act on it in any meaningful way right. as I have from standing in the special baggage section and watching someone chuck my fucking guitar through a gate. You want to get cut in your face? <laughs> fucking throw my shit. Yeah. Why did I put it in fucking special baggage, I know, pricks? that's terrible. Oh my God. Like, I feel mad thinking about it right now. It's my partner who you met downstairs. He builds guitars and he had this $12,000 guitar <gasps> that he brought with us to Europe. I'm mad for him already. And we don't know where it is anymore. No! That was five years ago. Oh my God! No! Yeah, it was like a beautiful, beautiful handmade guitar that he was bringing to like show to our friends in Scotland and like play shows with. And, you know, he went through some stuff in the Paris airport, got separated from his things, and never saw it again. So, like, we're hoping that it's going to, like, surface, because it's it's a tinker guitar. This is a very rare breed. Maybe someone's going to auction it off someday, and we'll get a notification. Like, I hope that... I hope that it's not just sitting in like a baggage warehouse someday and someone actually stole it and is using it and playing it. Some Do you know what fuck. I mean? Like some fuck is playing it and hopefully getting some enjoyment, but I hope it's not just sitting in a dusty warehouse. That's not so ever being seen. Cause then it's just gonna like warp and I bet the humidity's terrible in there and it's gonna fucking break it. So did you go through De Gaulle? I believe he did, yeah. De Gaulle is one of the few airports, um, I'm told it's one of the few airports like developed airports that still doesn't have surveillance cameras in the baggage area. Whoa. So there's a person I know, um, and where was he flying? So if you don't want to steal people's shit, go to Paris. <laughs> the, the exit cameras from the building show people walking in, which is garbage bags full of shit. What? 
what? It's like, just go shopping. Oh my God. And that's like known facts. They're like, (laughs) these idiots traveling with valuables. Wow. So it's one of those sorts, it's one of those sorts of things where, um, a a million years ago, about three or seven, 18 lifetimes ago, um, I met this dude. I can't remember his name to save my life. I met this dude who's a professional photographer. He like national geographic, style type of thing and he I think he was going either to Kenya or Uganda and he went and did this huge trip he's got this like $50,000 camera body he's got another like $50,000 worth of lenses he's got like 80 rolls of film I may be exaggerating but I don't think by that much yeah when the scale is 50 grand for camera gear it's fucking insane right yeah yeah so he goes he does this big crazy trip no 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 he was going to Egypt he was flying back through Kenya if that's what it was he was in Egypt shooting a whole bunch of crazy stuff and then his family came to meet him and they hung out and he was super sleep deprived and he fell asleep in the airport and he didn't have time to change all of his camera stuff to his lead lined like mm. combination lock case. So he had stuff in a flight case safe for flying, but he didn't have time to shuffle things out and put them in his lead lined case so it couldn't actually be x-rayed. And a 50, like 50 grand worth of gear got x-rayed grew legs and fucked off oh shit and so he was left with i believe one camera body no lenses he carried on his footage so thank god he had all his film with him because i think there was the question of maybe it being exposed in the x-ray at that point Mm -hmm. still but it was like it just sprouted legs and left because he fell asleep at the gate and didn't have an extra 17 minutes to pack everything up again right Shit. God, I'm so paranoid about stuff traveling. Like, I will wear things strapped to my body in the weirdest places. Like, I haven't traveled since there's been full body scanners to anywhere that I need to, like, take Mm -hmm. serious precautions with things. And Uh I guess on the plane, you don't need to be as worried as when you're, like, traveling out and about. Mm -hmm. But, like, even in the airport, you want to keep shit on you. But, like... I've definitely, like, packed stuff, like, in between my legs in a, like, a gusset, like, like, make sure that I have it on me, (laughs) so it's comfortable, I'm not, like, got bags, you know. Just gusset, carrying your gusset. But I wonder, Sidebar, much respect for the word gusset. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think I used it correctly. I think gusset, Hillary told us about this, our past guest, Hillary. Gusset and crotch! Yeah, that's when you, like, (laughs) it's a different thing, but it's, it's, I'm talking about having, like, voluminous area down there to, like, hold stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So nature's you know, pocket. you guys you are know. totally nature's pocket, but not like not like in, but just <laughs> <laughs> not in, but just around. Yes. So you just kind of walk with a bit of a swagger <laughs> in the environ of. You yeah. Hide it in your bustle. Yeah, you guys knew what I meant. Gussle and <laughs> gusset and bustle. Gu- oh, gusset and bustle is the name of our all women's uh, <laughs> Irish pub. I was I thinking our burlesque <laughs> troupe. Oh no. No. We wouldn't have one of those. <laughs> I, mean, I, I always think about the words gusset and gullet together because I think about it being like I'm gonna cut you from gullet to gusset. Ooh, that's a good line, gusset to gullet. Okay, so gullet your gullet. name kind of seems like you're like a badass, like supervillain a little bit. Thank you. Very <laughs> and so, much. like saying it's like you're like I'm gonna cut you. Yeah. From Did you just throw my guitar? <laughs> I'm gonna cut you from gullet to gusset. <laughs> Fucking <Holy> march. Fuck, <laughs> that's a right? good cut. Long one. Yeah. Gnarly. Real long. Enjoy scooping up your entrails, motherfucker. <laughs> Throw people shit. Thanks for more fully than we've ever had on this episode. (laughs) I I will say that of late, I've been thinking about just on the subject of having large emotions, especially in the face of people, you know, fucking with your shit, fucking with your shit, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about things that I can like, angry, hostile, 
unkind negative things. Wow, this podcast is going to be a great snapshot. No, this of is my feelings. <laughs> um, yes, it's a moment. This is all time. very on brand for us. Just for the record, just thinking about things that I can like horrible things that I can actually, without interruption to my conscience, literally actually hope for people. Right. Okay. So there are some people that you can look at that you know they do some horrible thing to you, and you're really cultured to kind of smooth things. You over. can have some, some empathy, or you can figure yeah. out a way to like. Yeah, but resolve. also I don't hope like you'll hear people say, "Oh, die in a fire," and you're like, "That's a really horrific thing to even conceive of thinking about somebody." But you know what? I can think without shred of guilt about somebody who fucks with my shit. I hope you fall down four stairs. <laughs> I hope you fall down four stairs and land on your face, you fucking piece of shit. And you're so embarrassed. Because you know what's going to happen? Your neck's going to be all fucked up. And you're going to scrape up your face. You might break out your teeth, like break out a couple of teeth, and you might break your nose. And you know what? You're not going to die, but you're going to fucking suck at life for the next little bit. Yeah, it's going to take a while to recover. Fuck you, because (laughs) you suck. Right? That is a very tender amount of stairs, but like just enough to cause... Enough to fuck your face up. Yep. And not enough for you to, like, get yourself balanced again. And I hope there's cement. Fuck you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you fall out the attic stairs into a stairwell. Oh, no, but now I'm really worried because we're in an attic and we have very treacherous stairs. We're and what's, fine. What's we're going to happen to us? We're, nice. okay. we're good. Bra- brace yourselves on the walls going down. Everyone be very safe. Okay. I've given you rosé and there's treacherous <laughs> stairs. And now I'm very concerned that the karma's coming no, for it. It's like, I don't want no. this to come back like triple fold and you fall down all my stairs. Like we said, this okay. is a witch session. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, some of my favorite people in the whole world are practicing witches and I love them so much. So I feel really happy that and that's we're not. Are, these, are they all the same people who thought you were a bitch right off the top? No, no, not at all. Some of your best friends. We're that. not even practicing witches at all, but Red was saying like we sealed the studio up and we're yeah. just like, Okay, so you said this was a podcast, but is this like a ritualistic murder option? I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. But like, it is kind of ritualistic. I do have crystals that have been charged in the yes. full moon from last night. Awesome. They're not in here now, which I should probably have brought oh, them in. But so beautiful. That's this real. Does. I definitely like tapped on a bunch of my pressure points with a charged amethyst this morning. Fabulous. <laughs> See, I I will say like I'm I'm a a not religious person. I'm a pretty happy atheist, mm-hmm. but I love other people's ritual ritual i love ritual i love ritual so much because it takes you through this cognitive process and the power of believing something Mm -hmm. is just really having a kind of map where you can create a new neural pathway to think about something right so i think there's like this fucking beautiful thing about the way that you perceive the world if you have a systematic way of perceiving the world whether it's religious or sort of philosophical or Mm -hmm. natural or whatever it is i like the idea that somebody's like your amethyst made you feel good yeah it sure did fuck Fuck yeah yeah, it did right a lady science makes three needles in my ear on monday and i slept all week great i've slept through the night every night this week (gasps) katie's sleep updates yeah super good good. thank you fiona lampman (laughs) the acupuncturist at gathered roots acupuncture to the stars it hurt Real bad, actually, in my ear. Like, it was really, yep. like, it felt light, a lot of pressure. I was like, mm-hmm. something's up with that, but I just, like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 15 minutes before the acupuncture was over, it stopped hurting. And then the one in my forehead made me feel like my face was melting. I <gasps> love the one in my middle forehead. I go to acupuncture now two mm-hmm. times a week instead of just once a week. I'm ramping it up. 
Rampant. Right. Gotta get my shit together. Self care. Um. Yeah. That's it's, amazing. I've never. It's really nice. I've never had acupuncture before. I, I love it. fucking adore it. I'm yeah. a bad sleeper. That is the canon of this podcast. Is like, but I don't sleep this month. Aww. Pretty much like I'm a chronic insomniac. Oh dear. I I get okay sleep sometimes, mm-hmm. and then I don't for long periods of time. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. This was amazing. Honestly, that night that I went to bed, I was like, I went to a different planet for <gasps> seven and a half hours. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> That's a very. When nice you woke experience. up, were you thirsty and hungry? Well, I was thirsty because the thing is, is I normally wake up five or six times a night. Oh my lord! Uh, to right? pee or to drink or just to like worry about life, and yeah. uh yeah, it was just like I went to bed and then my alarm went off. But that never happens. Oh, I'm so excited for it you. It was, thank you. It was a really big day. It was like, the, it's like, oh, you went to sleep for a night. Amazing, Katie. <laughs> but, how did you feel? It was amazing. amazing. It was amazing. Did you, did you feel great. good the next day? Good. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been in a, a pretty good mood this week, even though I've been like, sort of like, not very high energy just because I'm sleeping so much. I'm catching up on years, it feels like. <laughs> And then your your body's like, oh, I like this. Oh, mama give me more like. of that, mama like, mama like. I say it's, that all the time. Your cells <laughs> are just like drinking in, like little. I picture little tiny Z's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, uh, just like glomping them up. Your immune system is like, um, 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 um. <laughs> like, give me that. Like, like motorboat the cob. sleep. <laughs> I love this. Sleep on the cob. <laughs> sleep on the cob. Oh my god, that's a t-shirt. Sleep on the calm. And it's just a it's like little zeds. Eat lead, cobra. Oh. <laughs> uh, see, you were talking about getting a line of t-shirts, and uh, I want one that says crone in training. Yeah, Which I think is a fun sea hags yeah. t-shirt if we ever make them, because we looked, can't wait to be old ladies living I just living looked at you cottage. both, and I thought red hair don't care. Red but hair that's, don't care, yeah. that's probably That's probably taken Cow. for... Like already a shirt or something. Yeah, and or plus, it's, people it's who have like actual hack. red hair would be like, "Hey, now, yeah, <laughs> you're cheating." Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, this is like your your gingers were red. Ginger yeah. ninjas. Yeah, the ginger ninjas. Ginger ninjas. Um, my best girlfriend and I just on the subject of Crohn's and thinking mm-hmm. about how excited you are. Uh, I, I won't use the word excited, but how you, know, you can you're you can trying imagine... to you're trying to live in the present, but you're excited about your future. Exactly, next Crohn. chapter of you're your life. Future. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. My best girlfriend and I uh, frequently talk about um, less less so recently, but like frequently have in past talked about, you know, when we're old biddies together, old sort of spinsters together. So we often had this dream about getting a house in Italy and mm. having a big porch, and we just sit out on our rocking chairs on the porch and smoke pipes. <laughs> That's perfect. And like grow your beards out, cuss and drink whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> like stroke your. <laughs> Beard. And there's there's gonna be like this short little Italian man named Francesco who loves you both and he'll bring you little pots of wine with that crazy raffia stuff on the bottom and be like, hey, bonasera, bonasera. <laughs> be like, thank you, bring Mirto next time. Now fuck off. Arrivederci. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I come back later. <laughs> you old ladies that make me so horny. <laughs> or be like, too bad for you. Go away. I like your beards. <laughs> we like our beards too. Go away. <laughs> Thank you, sir, but good night. Good night, sir. Good evening. Farewell. Okay, I attend to my pizza oven. Oh. I'm a racist. Caricature. Oh, Mario, why are you here? No, it's Wario. You guys. Wario. Wario. <laughs> or it's Wario. 
Waluigi even worse. It's Waluigi and, Wa- and Wario and Waluigi. Oh my god. Yeah. See, that feels like a sketch, too. Like, Golden Girls reimagined where it's just, like, two older best friends, like, in their Italian villa. Yeah. And all That's the, like... literally weird, friends of my mom. Like, weird cross-cultural Amazing. foibles that they get into by being, like, really fucking obtuse white ladies. Oh, yes, yes, that's, that's the Gail and Jill show. Uh, they're, they're real friends of my mom who have oh a god. villa in Italy. Oh my uh, god, can we we're go? Always, we're always like, are, Katie, like, are you guys lesbians? Are you guys lesbians? You guys, they're like, no, we just love each other. I'm like, mm, but you might be lesbians. <laughs> Which Katie, is what I want people to say about us when we're older. Why yes. the fuck have you held this from me? You have friends that have an Italian... Why? It costs money! They won't let us do it for free! Why <laughs> not? charge. Why? What? Fuck those bitches. <laughs> they set it up as like an Airbnb. Oh, whatever. I don't remember. We're, friend, that... we're friends of the family. Oh we're my family. god. Fuck those bitches. Um, <laughs> I'm family. trying to remember what the name of the. Let me stay by your fucking pool, please. Oh my god. I can't remember the name of the kind of house that it is, but it's like a special kind of like Tuscan villa of some kind. Sure. Like, a, like a special kind of house or Beautiful. cottage or whatever. And it's just like. A palazzo? Oh man, I want to be a, a rich white lady. I know. Rich divorced white ladies. Yeah, you're uh, gay you, divorcees. Wait, you're one third of the way there. Yeah. What? You're a white lady. You're not rich or divorced. Yeah, that's true. Right. I don't actually want to be divorced. I like my wife very much, but yeah. uh, she doesn't get to come to my Italian villa. <laughs> Just kidding. She can totally visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she can visit. <laughs> that's terrible. I love the idea that places like that in the world are still within the realm of being able to purchase. Like, you can actually still, if that's a place that you want to buy, mm-hmm. you, it's actually, a, like, a, in the mortal range of things. Like, you could buy a fucking palace in, in France for what you can buy a two-bedroom like, apartment in for In, like, here. a rurally, oh rural area. There was a whole thing that was, like, a whole Spanish village up for sale. But it's, like, they're trying to stimulate, like, local tourism, local economy. So it's, like, or in, I saw this one that was, like, a village in Italy... And you can buy different castles, and it's like it's, it's like pr- fifty bucks. It's basically, pretty like, fucking close down. to the beach, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. You have to go. You walk like twenty minutes. Like who cares? I have to walk oh twenty minutes to get to the beach now. To be entirely honest, that is my softest, softest dream mm-hmm. of being able to. Because I mean, I'm, I'm a film composer, right? So there's a certain amount of time that I need to be in front of the director and that yeah. I need to be connected to the dire- director. But so much of the work that I do is by myself in a room alone, right? And so much of the communication that I do is yeah. digital. So the if idea you could have of, like a beautiful surrounding that would also stimulate oh your creativity Lord, and feed right? your soul in a way that would like, oh my God. That, that, but just, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the first white lady to say this but it's like north american culture is so different right like mm-hmm. culture in different places of the world is so obviously so different yeah, yeah. and so the, like the idea of in north america you're there's so much emphasis put on how much can you work right and i am part and parcel of that but like even if you're just traveling you go visit you're just like you look around there's so many people just fucking hanging out mm-hmm. like people who live in these places in the world who are just like hanging out because that's how you're supposed to live your fucking life yeah and here we're all like how are you oh, i'm so busy how are you oh, i'm so busy how are you i'm really busy yeah. right yeah and yeah. even if you're doing things that you love and i count myself for this you pack every hour you've got and every hour that you don't have with things because you're just like scrambling to get on to yeah, whatever you hyper schedule yourself right? to like achieve whatever yeah I think I've had three or four hours to myself where I didn't have a thing that was a deliverable in the last two months. Mm. Legit. Legit. Like, my schedule looks like you took an Econo bag of fucking chiclets and you dumped them in a pile 
on a square surface and you just line them up flush to each other. And that is stuff that I choose because I love that stuff and yes. I want wow. to do it. I'm opting in. I'm not a victim of that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you look at it and you get the flop sweats and you're like, am I actually going to accomplish all that shit? And then you do it and you feel awesome. Yeah. But you're also like, okay, <laughs> is this or is this not sustainable? Because, and you ask the question, right? Because you're like, how long can I do that for? And at some points in your life, you're like, I got to just take as many things as I can possibly take. Like female composer, there's a, there's like a curve there that you got to run up that hill mm-hmm. and figure out how you can like smash Kate people. Bush in the, song. Totally. You got to like figure out how to smash people in the face with mm-hmm. the fact that you exist because you don't look and you don't sound and you don't seem like a real composer. Right. This is the shit that I, I'm going on a tangent here, but no, I love this so much. Yes. You, I am incredibly grateful for the last couple of years because I've been able to get bigger and bigger and bigger opportunities and it's because of building relationships and all those sorts of things. But there is still that thing and I'm probably going to fight it for a really long time and that's fine if that's the job that I have to do. To convince people that I'm not writing acoustic guitar songs crying about my ex-boyfriend. Oh my God. That is the expectation of what I'm writing. I've had people who know me for a really long time say, oh, but we don't need any of the stuff that you're doing, so we'll look you up next time. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, what do you need? And they're like, we need proper composing. And I say, have you looked at my demo reel in the last five years? Have you looked at my website in the last five years? Do you have any idea what I actually do? No. And so that's that's not their fault. That's my responsibility mm-hmm. to educate them. Yes. And I quit fucking crying about it and get my big bitch pants on and get the fuck to work. Yeah, but that <laughs> is like you're just, you can't really so much extra work stop for you when you're... It's the same conversation over yeah. and over and over again. Over and over and over yeah. again. And, you know, there's, there's people that I know and love and I don't begrudge them their success by any means whatsoever. But I look at the shit that shows up on a platter for them, untested, un, un, not unqualified because they're incredible people, mm-hmm. but someone's like, oh, you could probably do this. And you're like, how are you why, working why with do this you get the film benefit company? Of the doubt? How, yeah. how have I been doing this for 11 years and I'm just now getting paid? Like, how is that even a thing that's happening? Hi. But you can't just sit around and bitch and moan and cry about it. So you just need to, as I said, get to work. But it's it's still that thing where there's this expectation that I'm going to come in and be like, I wrote this song because I one time went through a really difficult period. And um, I just felt like I wanted to be real. You know? I just felt like, like it's all oh, yeah. vocal fry all the time. Yeah, I just really feel like... Um, uh, 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 like I think this song is just gonna speak to yeah, people about. Sometimes we lose things. Sometimes we lose people. Kitchen. We just really have to walk our journey. You and know? this is this is my idea for your film. It's just me going uh, in the right. background of like a scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 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 being unnecessarily polarizing about it. Great. But the thing about it is that. There is incredible, like, there's an incredible organization in the States. I don't know that they do stuff up here. Um, I'm kind of, like, doing this sort of side polka toward them to try to see whether it's a good community to be a part of. But it's the Alliance for Women Composers. And they're promoting female composers constantly, constantly, constantly. The NFB has started talking about we want to make sure there's gender parity in what we fund and stuff like that. And so it's coming, but it's like you, there's still that cultural thing where you have to prove that you're actually a composer and I'm like I went to school for classical music like this is my shit right 
But because so much of what I do is singing songs, often, what happens is people go, we don't need songs right now. We need a real composer. And so it's it's interesting. The mm-hmm. last couple of years, there's a couple of amazing movies that I've worked on, Charlotte's Song and White Raven and um, a couple of other amazing movies, some short films like Mental and um, uh, Over a Thousand Tongues and a whole bunch of different incredible movies that have come out in the I last two Over years. Over a Thousand Tongues. It's that, I think not I a cunnilingus porn. It's not. It's not at all. No. It's about the first settlers to Haida Gwaii. Oh, and, I mean, I still want to see that then. <laughs> and um, them being horrible dicks. Yeah. And uh, I promise it's not like a horrible uh, Pocahontas story. It is like they came and then they talked a bunch of bullshit and then they got called the fuck to account for that shit. Okay. I was like, you know, I'm like there in front of my workstation and every time something horrible happens to a settler, I'm like, ha ha! <laughs> Fuck you! I just like put a every time. Just like, I don't even care if John Williams is just appropriate. Just like every time some white person gets kicked in the dick, you're just like, like a slide whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're my ancestor. Fucking go oh, home. Go away. Totally. Oh my god, it's like Randy. 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 Get off of Haida Gwaii. Go away, Randy. <laughs> I've been yeah. I've just been. I've been noticing a lot of these little things now. It's like because I because I want to make um not films necessarily, but I want to make things that are on video, like yeah. like art that's in that. Like, I can't even do that without being like post ironic at myself. Yeah. Like, the I'm idea that I might that. make something is so absurd that I have to like preemptively brush it off. No, you're oh, actually kind so of like very fucking talented and have great ideas. Thanks. So. Sidebar. Uh, and I've written, Sidebar. Some, I've written some scripts. And I've read bits of them, but I don't actually want to read them. Because you want to see the you want to see it when it's done. Well, you want to see it when you're working on it, the music of the show with yeah, me. Sure. Yeah, sure. I said I would. <laughs> I know two saw players and myself that will, yeah. will be your ghost. I wrote, I wrote Whoa. a role for you. Will you let Will you let me write for you? Yeah. <laughs> you won't be paid, probably. Get in line. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm reaching out to everybody that I know that does like anything to do with with film production. So I, I have a, I have a partner that I'm working on this with who awesome. uh, is is interested in like directing and. Um, and like the sound and video and all that kind of stuff, and cool. has like the tech for it. So it's all very low budge right now, but uh, hopefully we can do a pilot and then make it an actual series. Like I want to do the pilot as a separate thing, just to proof of concept it. Beautiful. And see if I can get some of that sweet, sweet government grants. Yeah. Probably not, though. I bet you know. But, yeah, but I'll it's try. Like, it's fucking CanCon out the wazoo. It's CanCon out the wazoo. It's explicitly about Vancouver. Yeah. And so. now's a really great time to be making interesting content from the female perspective. And. And. There's an amazing group uh, called Come On Vogue. It's Vancouver Women in Music. Okay. It's a, it's a private group for musicians, but. We have been talking a bunch of late about putting together a couple of grant workshops. Cool. From the perspective of both people among us who have gotten grants successfully and also uh, between a few of us, we know a couple of people who sit on grant juries. So a couple of friends specifically at Canada, one friend at, I've asked her about this, but I won't use her name. Uh, This this woman that I know at Canada Council. Canada Council? No. Canada Arts Council? Why in the... Factor? BC Arts Council. Okay, BC Arts Council. I lost track of the name of the province we live in. <laughs> That's fine. 
We're in a room right now. It doesn't feel like we're in a problem. It's okay. BC is kind of in a weird flux anyway. So. Who knows where we are right now? Yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking Canada Arts Council is going to get some good shit coming to it, I hope. I hope. But grant, yeah, grant grant help is, is, is I never really did grad, uh, grad school, so I don't know how to write grant applications right now. So yeah. uh, you may know how to write a grant application or five. I've done a few, and I'm not very good at it because... You, you hate it. It it really sucks, and I know a lot of artists that are like, how do I condense all of what I'm trying to do into like a tiny little chunk of things? It was easier when I was doing stuff for like a non-profit organization right. to be like... Here's our mission, vision, goals, yeah. objectives, whatever. So I can do those, but yeah. as an artist, I tried to write a grant for, like, our band. It was really hard. <laughs> I didn't do it, and I quit halfway through. <laughs> oh, hard work made us quit. <laughs> kind of. But the thing about I, got is- dis- I got discouraged, sorry, because it was just like, you need to already have money and notoriety to be able to get the grants. So it seems, so we were like, it's our first record, but it's really fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. It is a good record. So please help us, like, tour it. Mm -hmm. That's all we want. We just want money to be able to tour it across Canada. And then it was just like, oh, you also need this, this, this. And we're like, we don't have any of that. Damn it. Darn nation. But I've I've been very um, interested in stuff that I didn't think I was interested in. Because I I was like, oh, well, I don't really care about, like, directing. And now I'm like, I may be very interested in directing, actually, because... Like, I've been watching, it's dumb, but I've been watching these, like, YouTube uh, pick-apart things, like, where somebody would be like, this is uh, the most amazing this kind of scene, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and there's this one guy who works, I think his name's Tony Lung, uh, and he works out of Vancouver, and it's called Every Frame of Painting. Hmm. It's his YouTube channel, highly, highly recommended. It's a really nice, soothing, documentarial watch, uh, where he just, like, sort of quietly discusses, like, what's so awesome about this particular kind of directing uh, modality. Or he also has this one video that really made the rounds called uh, Vancouver Never Plays Itself. Mm-hmm. And it's just about Vancouver as a as a filming location Seattle and how that plays out. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I've just been like looking at how like things that film here. I've been watching shows that film here to watch how they use locations like yeah. iZombie and mm-hmm. um, like a million other ones. Like Dirk Gently was all filmed in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. pretty much. So, cool. uh, so that's a. But what I'm really obsessed with right now is the American Gods TV show, mm. and they have used musical cues and songs, and they've used soundtrack, and they've used composing. Mm-hmm. And just fully in a really amazing way, and Beautiful. their their theme song like gets me fucking going every single time. So it's like mm. it's like this really interesting interplay between the visual and the musical, which I assume mm. is what is where your sort of creative process will stem from, is because you have to watch the movie to score oh, yeah. the movie. Oh yeah. Well, there's two there's two sort of key ways that composers generally work with filmmakers. I'm so excited about this, by the way, because <laughs> I've done like short films. Okay. But I've never actually done like a thing, and I'm, no, I want to hear oh. about it. Sorry, I didn't joke. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, there's there's two key ways that composers, generally speaking, work with directors. Mm-hmm. N- not meaning like composition and interstitial and score versus songs. There's mm-hmm. song stuff, and sometimes your composer writes songs and stuff. But I mean more, are you scoring to picture, or is picture shooting to score? Mm-hmm. So. There are some people, and and the cool thing about, I should preface all of this by saying that some of this is within my experience and some of this is what I am absolutely famished and starving to get to. Mm -hmm. But the most common way, especially for independent film, that you work with a director is that you tend to either get to know them in the pre-production phase or they finish filming and they go, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> and you go ding 
ding, ding, you put ding. your hand up and then you really, really annoyingly pummel them on social media and I like all your shit, <laughs> motherfucker. Give me the movie. God damn it. You have no idea how good this could be for us. Mutual success. Go. That's how I interact with your actors. I don't know. emotions made manifest. Is oh my god, that's nothing. That's like, that's like my chill mid-afternoon emotion. You should see when I feel some intensity about some shit. Um, so, so it's like, so grab someone throwing your guitar. Totally, yeah. Someone, yeah. someone gets disemboweled, and then I fry up their gizzard. I don't like I, that bowel in no, there. <laughs> no, I don't like your butthole. I cut it out. I cut out your butthole. Oh, no, now it's a very big hole. Now you poop ceaselessly. Don't touch my guitar again. <laughs> now you poop ceaselessly. <laughs> God, that's the curse of my ever May you never defecate under your own steam. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the final pan right now. Anyway, so... So you meet, however it happens, you make a relationship with a, with a director. Uh, the, the ideal situation is that the person you make the relationship with is the director. Mm -hmm. If you make the, the relationship with the producer, that's fine too, but the creative input is supposed to come from the director. So the producer's job is to marry the director's desires with the needs of the production, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's an innate nature of the producer and not in any kind of malicious way, but they're very concerned about the pragmatism of yes. making a completely unrealistic thing, oh, such man. as a movie, right? Like movies are really ridiculous, like to do, right? <laughs> movies are like Willy Wonka shit, okay? You're going to make a movie? That's hilarious. Okay, cool. <laughs> like money in a hole. Have like a hundred things that you match, have to like. <laughs> right? which, is, which is totally fine. People, people need these things, but anyway. So you make a relationship with the director, and generally speaking, what happens is you uh, talk to them a little bit, hopefully, in pre-production, get an idea of what they're looking for, and you give them an idea about whether they can expect you to do that or not. Mm -hmm. They shoot, they cut the movie together, and then generally speaking, and I have actually very strict rules about this uh, through experience where I didn't have strict rules and then mm. suffered for a very long period of this time. This is how you learn how to <clears> set how your you learn, boundaries, hey? <laughs> right? Fucking PTSD. Give me a locked cut or I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you lock your cut or I'm out. Like, or you need to give me a lot of money. A lot of, like, an upsetting like amount so of money. Much money. Like, yeah. like if, an irresponsible amount of money. Because if they start changing it, then you're like, but the points that I had things, right? no. So, <laughs> you give me a locked cut. We sit down, we do a spotting session, and what that means is that we watch through the edited movie together. So the edits have been made, so the you know the scenes have been cut together, and they're not going to change anything in terms of changing the picture that you see on the screen, in terms of which files are they going to use and where the cut's going to be. But they might do things like change the color, they might do things like add special effects and that. Yeah. So you get the sort of dog's breakfast version <laughs> That isn't going to be cut into any more or any fewer pieces. So you know the sequence that it's in and yes. you can work with that. You know where the edit points are, where, how long are the scenes, how long do they take, what approximately do you see on screen, that sort of thing. 
And from there, you do your spotting session where you watch it with the director and you talk about their vision for, you know, in this scene, I think I'm going to hear this. Or in that scene, I kind of had an idea about blah, blah, blah. And they say, do you have any ideas? And you say, well, yes, I do, because I'm a professional. Come yes. with me. Come with me, little one. Come here. It's going to be fine. The yeah. And then you just I'm actually you good smooth, at... smooth their bangs off their weary face. <laughs> they're them. They're them. Mr. Wiseau. Right? It, right? It's like you're good at, they're like, I want something that goes like crashy bang, f- like falling down the something or other and you're like I know exactly what yeah. you mean because I can interpret your Clearly. nonsense yeah you're like no oh, I baby you're a slurpy yeah I know Go how home. to make what you think yeah. is I do that for live events but I've never done it for like film but it's like yeah. if like I, you can read the room and you can figure out what's appropriate yeah Trust me, I'm a professional. I will make this feel good for you. And the wonderful (laughs) thing about composing that way is that I won't say that this is a universal truth because there's very few of those, Mm -hmm. I would think. But it's not infrequent that you get to the point where you're sitting down for the spotting session and the director has had maybe a day or two off from the cut. And the cut began basically the day after shooting or two days after shooting. And so they are exhausted and they have been looking at their movie for too long. Oh, yeah. Right? And they're in the kill the baby phase, right? They've gone through love the baby. They've gone through love the baby. They've gone through love the baby. And then they're sitting right in the middle of kill the baby. Okay? (laughs) I hate this baby. I hate the fucking baby. baby, Get rid of a lot of shit. And it's natural. And the really good directors go and say, I can't actually be... I can't look at this intelligently right now. Here are my gut reactions. I trust you. I've looked at your shit. I've like I've checked your references. I've poked around. I've like looked into your dental records and shit. And you're like nice, fucking nice stay away from job. me. Yeah. Get away. Your back molar means that I mean you're gonna be really sensitive with the yeah. way that I want this tender scene yeah. to go. Yeah. This is my see this part right up here? This is my Johan Johansson shit. Get out of my way. Yes. Right? <laughs> I don't know who Johan. This is my Zimmer shit. <laughs> oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Anyway. So you sit down, you do a spotting session, and um you kind of the way that I work at least is I sit down with them and not only do we figure out where they want music, but we figure out what specific kinds of music they want. And I basically open up a big project and I start grabbing digital instruments and digital sounds. So I kind of make a toolkit. So we make a toolbox of the sounds that the director likes. And if I've got any wildcard stuff, I'll generally prepare a project ahead of time. Mm -hmm. If I am lucky, they will send me some sort of shots from Mm. the shoot as they're shooting. You can kind of get a... Yeah, so I can see things like um, the sort of color of the environment. I can see the sort of facial expressions. I can see whether they're shooting sort of like bright, beautiful daytime, whether they're shooting like kind of in magic hour stuff. And that gives me an idea of things like tone, color, and kind of timbre and things like that. So I can say, you know, if it's a beautiful, bright, golden scene, I'm not going to do like theremin. Right? Because you're going to be like, oh my god, it's Blade Runner! Right? But, if it's like cool and it's blue and you're right by the shoreline and you see nothing but nature behind you and there's a person standing there who gets the shivers and then they throw a rock, load up the theremin, friend. It's nice. time. You get that fucking theremin Get that there. fucking He's theremin haunted going, by something. Right? What is it? It's musical ghosts. It's pathos. <laughs> right? It's pathos. You, oh Toad's pathos. Oh my god. I, okay, I have so many questions. I actually need to pause this for a minute because there is a rock band that was supposed to be starting at 8 o'clock downstairs and we were supposed to be like done already. Quote unquote done. But so what I'm going to do is go downstairs and talk to the boys and just say start playing and we're just going to work the second half of the podcast with a funk band playing downstairs. How I does love that, that sound? Okay, so. that's great. And we're back. We're back. 
We talked to the funk band. We did. They weren't actually waiting for us. They were just being... Old men. No, they were just being sweet and quiet and having a beer and chatting. And we reminisced a lot about, like, Vancouver music scenes of old. Yes. Piccadilly Pub, Mm R.I.P. Crawling through the tiny, tiny door at the... At the railway to stash your, stash your gear. The little Malkovich room. The little Malkovich. I always thought it was Narnia, you know? But it was just like going out to smoke a clove cigarette in the, uh, in the courtyard. It's special back. But if yes. you let your imagination wander, you're in the land of Spare Oom. <laughs> spare Oom. Remember that? No. The land from? of wardrobe into the place, the world of Spare Oom. Where's that from? It's from the land of Wisdom Wardrobe. No way. Yeah. Oh, That's man. That's not actually what it's called. Spare Oom. <laughs> the world of spare oom through the land of wardrobe. Speaking of, speaking of spare rooms, I came home from working out at the gym today to find my aunt and my cousin, who is 12, just in my house. <laughs> well, my wife was there as well. She let them in. I was like, oh, hello, Auntie Anne Maria. I did not know you were bringing uh, Zachary to our house. I would have put away all of my drugs. <laughs> Sorry, I probably guessed that. But I was like, Oh my God, there's weed everywhere. She's like, I literally <laughs> didn't notice. I was like, oh, how did you not notice? It's <laughs> like, okay, you and my mom are similar, but not that similar. Cause she would have picked out everything I shouldn't have on display uh... and notice it. I'm sure. But she's like, well, I took Katie and I didn't notice at all. So I was like, oh, well, thank God. I haven't corrupted this poor child. Yet. Yet. It's undiscovered country. Yeah, my this, wife... this child will know that you're the cool aunt to talk to you about stuff. About drugs, I guess, or that mm-hmm. I'm a fucking piece of shit stoner. Yeah. Um, that is well, a bad thing. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah. Who, who knows about piece of shit? You're a high-functioning piece of I'm shit stoner. I'm a very high-functioning <laughs> piece of shit stoner. Um, Cheers to everyone being a high-functioning piece of shit, period. Yay! Yay! There we go. Definitely. But my, yeah, Tessa built uh, built Zachary, who's, tw- who's 12, you know, and he doesn't know any other nerd. So uh, Tessa built him a computer and then had to pay for it because it was like on Visa on the website. And so they came to bring like a wad of cash over to pay her back. Hey. Yes. <laughs> so and then and I was like, oh, you want to you want to come and play video games with me for a minute? And then so my aunt's just like waiting around <laughs> to leave and they're playing some game where a girl harnesses dinosaurs like horses. Oh, wow. So I've, I've seen ads for that on stuff. It looks interesting. Yeah. Very I don't know. Yeah. Your wife is like a gateway nerd for a lot of kids. Like our, our other friends, kid, like, yeah. like the 11 and 10 year olds are just like, oh, like, I really like video games, but like my mom doesn't really get it. And it's just like, then Katie's wife shows up and it's like, oh my God, this person really knows how to play video games. Why not can... us? Why not It's exactly yes. like that. And she gets run ragged by kids. <laughs> Children, <yeah. laughs> Children love her. It's oh, so funny. Like wonderful. we, part of why we got together is because we're both like such parental people and thought we would just like have a bunch of kids. And then suddenly at the exact same moment, we're both like, I don't want any. <laughs> I'm so Which, excited for you guys that you did that in tandem. Yeah, right? it was it was instantaneous. It was so bizarre because I was like, okay, as soon as I've done my degree, I'll be 29. Then we'll like wait a year or two, but then we're gonna start thinking about it. Like I'd get on folic acid or something yeah. like that was the plan. And then it was like, no, no, we're not doing that. I don't want to do that. I super don't want to do that. School degree graduation folates. Wait, what were we talking about before we talked about babies? Oh yeah, games, oh, video games. games with children. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided not to have kids, but now it means that if we go to parties where there's children. She's occupado, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Because I'm like, you go, you go do that. And I'll just be here holding this glass of wine like a arid old hag. Yes, <laughs> as we discussed. You gotta hide arid, it yourself like somehow. Mm-hmm. May as well be with Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> I find the, the whole, 
idea of children really interesting because my similarly to yours my feelings changed quite a lot about them and you know my husband and I always really thought that we were gonna have kids and then we have just like life has started to sort of move on mm-hmm. and he's a filmmaker and he's doing a lot of awesome stuff and I'm a composer and I'm doing a lot of awesome stuff and mm-hmm. so we kind of get to the point where we're like well you know that can't continue yeah. exactly as it is unabated if you make a baby so mm-hmm. what are you going to do about that right can't continue unabated unabated yeah. <laughs> well right? if you guys are both like I don't know what he's doing but if you're you were saying you're kind of on this hustle phase where you're just like I've got to get yeah. into people's periphery yeah and like really show myself as like i am legit i'm on the same level and like unfortunately yeah. it takes you longer than other folks which is bullshit mm-hmm. but it's real mm-hmm. and so then yeah you're on a track right now that it's yeah. like to take you know realistically a year off at least yeah. to nurture a growing human person. life totally because that's they kind of need that so <laughs> and and not to go 100 percent down down our boulevard here um on brand on brand crazy on brand but uh my community of people that i love have have babies that have a lot of different health challenges and mm. so it's it's the sort of thing where the wonderful thing about having kids is that you don't know what's gonna happen right mm-hmm. which the i think the worst part about having kids is also <laughs> that you don't know what's gonna fucking happen right yeah. so it's like on the one side like i think everybody should do what they want to do but the, the idea is, like, if you're going to decide that you're going to have a baby, you kind of have to just be like, okay, I'm up whatever for whatever, happens, right? Yeah. And you have to really be in line with whatever your sense of ethics are about that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, looking down the barrel of that and going, okay, like... I'm just going to roll the dice. Am I cool with needing to, like, dose my child with medication 17 times a day because they have a thing that is mm-hmm. really necessary? Or am I okay with my child having, like no mobility or am I okay with this or that the other thing because sometimes you get to choose and sometimes you don't right Mm -hmm. and so you know it's entirely everybody's choice but you know thinking about that and I'm like where do the like where do I make the movies in that right where do I actually have my whole my life in that and so I think there's this like super fucked up thing out there right now there's a lot of people who have kids who don't want kids they just wanted to get pregnant and have Mm -hmm. a fucking baby shower and I'm like, you should have fallen down the stairs and, re- <laughs> and like had a, a horrible injury and gone like, oh my God, now I know that I don't want to do yeah, a thing. Like a realization. Wh- whatever your aha moment was, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully not falling down the stairs. No, but like, or have or like a friend right. that goes through a temporary illness and you have to care for them <laughs> and you're like, caring for someone because sucks You have whatever. to fucking like, have those places in your life yeah. where you're like, this is some mortal shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully you can have that realization before there's a baby on the way or before, like, someone, like, really, really, really is terribly, horribly injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you can go, here's my morals, here's what I care about, right? Yep. And then you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Also, thank you to birth control. Yeah. Feel like we need, control. I feel like we need a cheers to birth control. Cheers birth control. Way yeah. to be in the future. Whether, <laughs> whether you've got a surgically implanted thing or you just yank her out of there before any damage can be done. <laughs> Whatever Are you, you referring do. to the rhythm method right yeah, now? Or yeah, you... I'm a professional <laughs> sex el- educator. Yeah. Or you or you track your cycle like this is my little moon page. Is this your moon page right now? Yeah, here? I'm starting a new moon page. Oh, wow. <laughs> 28 days since I started the last 28 one. 28 days later. That's being... Well, there's a, there's a fucking... Zombie reason. babies! I don't, oh. I don't think that's a 
mistake, honestly. Yeah. This is my original moon page, and it's like, here's where I menstruated, and here's my basal temperature. And like, <laughs> basal temperature? I'm doing She's that. She's taking her basal's thing. temperature. <laughs> what is a basal, even? It's when you... See, this is why I can't have children, regardless of what I- issues and health challenges yeah. they have. That, I don't even like know what a basal is. Is, is yeah. it just your body temperature when you wake up? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's like your... Your baseline. Yeah, your baseline. Baseball. So it's like, I have to do that the first thing in the morning before I do anything. And tell so, her what I asked you when I came Do, do you put it in your snatch or do you put it in your mouth? <laughs> it's in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Until <laughs> you ask someone you love. <laughs> Though it might look good to eat. Oh, God. That is the perfect segue. Definitely put the thermometer in your mouth. Yeah. In your and, mouth. Not yeah, your butt. In, yeah. I, I was like... Which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> and you just chart, like, is your temperature at, like, a certain level? And then apparently when you ovulate, your temperature escalates a bit and it's supposed to stay up for a while and then come back down. Whereas, so I just had my first month of tracking because I've had very irregular cycles. Okay. And so I'm trying to track and a specialist was like, ooh, chart this for me. And she loved my bullet journal, by of the way. Of course she did. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, you're spiked for, like, two days and then went down. That's not good. Mm. So, so you should have like four days. I should have four or five days of like the high thing. So like we're gonna see another month or two, right? And kind of check the rhythm because I just haven't had a period for like almost a year oh, after wow. a miscarriage. So it was just oh, like okay. something's something's fucky, and we need yeah. to figure out what's gonna happen. Gotcha. And so anyway, it's very interesting. The doctor's opinion is something's fucky. Yeah. <laughs> Shit she she berated there. me. She was like, so where are your intercourse days on your calendar? And I'm just like, I'm not going to tell you. She's like, you should be keeping track of those. I'm like, mm, I don't want to tell you. She's like, you should have more sex. That's my prescription. <laughs> <laughs> Can okay. I get you a stamp for it? That's just, that just, it's just a thumbs up and it just says nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Great job. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're working towards having kids, but I just want to like regulate my shit gotcha. first. You want to get more in G on it. You want to regulate. <laughs> so anyway. Funky, funky, funk from the basement. <laughs> I feel as though there should be a sort of like a six week online, get yourself in the mood for love slash impregnation slash whatever. That's all just 90s R&B stars. They're like, girl. Take that basal body temperature. You're going to get knocked the fuck up one of these days. But until then, just do you, baby. Yeah. It's just like power of positive thinking right? with genuine. I... Yes! <laughs> Yo, honey, let's do it. Take your temperature. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, because, like, there was a while... No, I actually... No, I can't talk about this. I promise. Cervical mucus. <laughs> There's a really awesome short film that was on during the Women in Film Film Festival, and mm-hmm. it was again at the Leos. And it's, I, I believe it's called Trying, and it's basically, it chronicles the whole period of time these two people trying to get pregnant. Dear God. And, like, the things that happen of, like, how you, how, for a lot of people, and I'm speaking totally out of turn mm-hmm. because I haven't had this experience, but... Um, you know, you start off and you have these ideas and you come off of birth control and you're like, I'm going to get pregnant in a week and then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then you try again for another couple of months and then it doesn't happen. And maybe, unfortunately, you have a miscarriage or a couple of sort of false yeah. starts or that sort of thing. And then you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you a bunch of stuff that stresses you out. And then you're like timing things down to the minute. Yeah, because that things. stress fucks up your shit Vibe. anyway. So that's like... Vibe. And, yeah. and all of your internal stuff too responds to that like a hair trigger. So like... Yeah. 
totally. Yeah, I would like, be yeah. curious to see that. So this is this awesome movie, and they go through the whole kind of life cycle. And there's a couple of really awesome questions, and I think for for people who are maybe considering having a baby or people who are hemming and hawing, mm-hmm. they explore all the avenues. Cool. They go through all the things. They're like, do you want to get pregnant, or do you want to have a baby, or do you want to get pregnant, right? Do you do you want to make a person, or do you want to have a party, where you pin the whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Eat melted chocolate out of diapers, or yeah, like some whatever, horrible thing. Whatever like that. the shtick is, right? Yeah. Is it like a rite of passage to get pregnant, have the party, or is it like do you, you want, want to make child. a person mm-hmm. to share in your life, right? That is a tangent that I've had about weddings. Like I'm not a marriage person, and it's like, do you want to have a wedding and a huge party, or do you want to have a marriage and a partnership? Totally. So, like, my partner and I have been together, like, it'll be our nine-year anniversary coming up. Oh, wonderful. And we're not marrying people, and we're, like, we're just like, who fucking cares? But that's not a big deal. But I threw myself a huge birthday party for my 25th birthday, because I'm like, I want to have a big party that's all about me, but it doesn't have to be a marriage. Yeah, like, that's you know a that, great fucking You know party. that you can have wedding, like, a wedding, but, like, not a wedding. You can just throw, like, a garden party to end all garden parties, totally. decorate with all dress the lights. Want. Hire caterers, hire champagne. Your friends will fucking love you because they will get to come over and have a really good time and there's no ties to any other, like, tradition. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if you want to have a party or a baby shower, like, you can have, like, a tea party midday that, like, some of your guests have gin and you don't. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) Or if you're not pregnant, you can also have that. But that's what I mean. Like, if you want to have that baby shower experience, you can have that Pim's cup. If you want to have the baby shower experience, you drink apple juice while everyone else drinks champagne. Have that blueberry gin fizz, my girl. It is. So you're talking about having that experience, and all I can think is girlfriend experience, right? Yeah. All I can think is I want to have that baby shower experience. Like what? To sit there and feel uncomfortable and not drink booze? No. Exactly. You could hire a professional to help. You role play oh, through that experience if you gross. wanted to, I guess. But, yeah, damn. Like, I'm I'm happy to, like, I know lots of folks, like, my friends that have kids were really into, like, I want to raise a person yeah. and see what they're going to be like. And that's, I had this whole thing where I was like, oh, I don't want to have kids. And then I had the shift, which is unfortunate because that's what everyone, you'll change your mind. I'm like, fuck, I did. God damn it. Well, and then I, but I did in the other direction, which almost never happens. Yeah, it right? seems. Like, people don't really talk about it. Yeah. And you also said that you had the, you, we just assumed that we would. And then we were like, mm, no life. It was a, th- a yeah. thing that I thought, like, I had dreams where they had names. Like, mm-hmm. I had very clear, like, for many years, yeah. I would be woken up. And, like, I could feel them inside me, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though at that phase in life, if you were to just then go ahead and do it, it would feel really natural. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was, you know, primarily a hormonal thing or this or that the mm-hmm. other thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, we... I kind of got to that phase in life and I had the dreams and they had names and all that. And then I was like, okay, it's definitely not time for that right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean not time in a sort of, you know, Oh, I don't think we're ready kind of way. I was like, okay, I have things that I'm committed to mm-hmm. for the next like four to five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There isn't any space for me to do that. And I am not going to sacrifice yeah, those the things. The chiclet schedule is full. Chiclets are fucking flush. Mm-hmm. Starburst a go-go. Right? Yeah. Pastel squares for days, for years. Do you ever feel this pull of creativity, going back to music, where you feel like maybe some creative inspiration comes to you, and then you're like, oh, I'm not ready for you yet, and maybe it'll go find someone else, or if you're Mm. not ready, you're like, you're working on something else, and this other song is like coming to you, and then it's like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, and you're like, oh, I don't want to write you just now, and then maybe it'll go find some. I feel kind of almost like 
babies mm. are like that in a weird way. Like, Tom Waits mm. talks about that a lot, where it's like, Ugh. don't bother me, I'm driving the car, I'm, I'll get to the studio an hour, come back. But it's like, yeah. the song wants you to write it right now. Yeah. Creatively, you know? creatively, yes. Mm-hmm. Babies I, Tom Waits. I don't feel that way about babies myself, mm-hmm. but creatively, I can feel that. I mean, mm-hmm. as a very happy atheist yeah I, I for me everything is like the sort of breadcrumb trail of things that happen mm-hmm. in the brain because it's like this incredible undiscovered country right like the brain and space I want to know as much as I can about that shit right nice. so yes the songs come in and they sort of like press at the sides of the room of my mind mm-hmm. um, but I am extremely fortunate to live in the time that I live now mm-hmm. because then um, when it comes to me I pull the sort of Danny Elfman routine I'm like but just hold on for a second. I leave the room and I like go to the bathroom. Yes, middle of you're dinner. Able to capture it. Middle of like group dinner. I get up and I go to the fucking bathroom and you know, I go. Bum, bum, okay, it's gonna bum, be like bum. this. Exactly. I'm like, okay, so this is gonna be saxophone. It's gonna be in seven and it's gonna sound like this. Like or whatever. I mean. But, you know, I'll have an idea in my mind and I'll find a place to record it and I'll say, it's going to be like this and it's going to be like that and I want to have this part and then in the bridge it's going to sound like this and, you know, take a reference for the drum pattern from this song, blah, blah, blah. And it'll come in some permutation of either complete or incomplete. But I'll capture the thing and put it on my phone and then I go, okay, great, done. Then I can get back to work to whatever I'm doing. That's so great. Yeah, we are very lucky that you can capture that. Because, like, before it would be like, oh, I'm going to try to... Computer phone, man. ...score this all out. Like, I've definitely been walking down, like, the street, leaving a party or something, and just walking quietly and, like, think of something that just pops into my head. I'm like, I don't know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And if I just keep humming it to myself until I get home, I'll lose it. So mm-hmm. you can hum it into your phone on yeah. the way home. From time to time, if I'm at a show or something like that, I'm, it's a natural place, and I'm always very cautious of what kind of comes up in that mm-hmm. context because I don't want to just sort of ape what I'm right. looking at but or what I'm listening to. But there are some times, like I've been at a couple of shows. What was the show? I can't remember what it was, but I was like frantically I needed a stack of paper to write some notes down. <laughs> like, crazy yes. frantically. And my husband's like, up and he's clapping his hands, we're having a really good time, and I'm like, I'll be right back! And I like, <laughs> flopped down to my seat and like, wrote furiously for literally actual 15 real world minutes. Like, wow. I actually like, furiously, Amazing. like I couldn't write fast enough to get it out of me. Wow. And I never looked at it. But I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it had to come out! And I like, like that you're open to that too, where it's like, whatever comes, like, Whatever. My problem is, like, I sometimes repress it where I'm like, oh, I have to do other work and I have to do other stuff. I'm not in... And it's when I get into the habit of just letting whatever creative stuff come through, Mm -hmm. come through. Whether it's from... I've been observing a lot of stuff in the world and it's filtered through my brain and now it needs to come out. It's my emotions that need to come totally. out or whether it's from an esoteric, larger collective conscience creativity that's trying to like make sure. itself manifest. Yeah. Like it's the woo-woo or the reality. Like it needs to come out. Yeah. Sometimes I repress that and mm-hmm. then it... It's gone. Yeah, then it's just mm-hmm. gone. And then I don't... If I repress it enough times, then I just don't feel it for a long time. Oh, yeah. But if I let it come through, then it comes through more. It's like a oh, positive yeah, feedback loop, right? Yeah. Plugged up if you don't yeah, get it out there. Right. What do you think about stand up? Is stand up similar mm-hmm. to that? The thank you for thank you for asking because I <laughs> wanted to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what um, Chris and I have a very like a borderline codependent relationship, except that it's not really negative. We're just constantly in communication through G chat, and uh, 
frequently we will message each other, is this anything? And then tell a joke or something that's coming to mind. You had one the other day that was really funny. I was trying to figure out a way to work it into conversation because you were like, save it for the podcast. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. The way that I was going to try to segue it, this is (laughs) terrible, where it's like I felt like I was being dragged by the universe and I got told a lot of things about myself that are not flattering. Yeah. And that I feel a little bit ashamed about and that I need to work on. And I'm like, if I was on a reality TV show... If I was in a hot tub, someone would be, like, accusing me across the hot tub, and it would be a jacuzzi. Jacuzzi! Jacuzzi! <laughs> it's an amazing segment, and I really feel like that's that, that's a great YouTube video series that we could have. Let's just get in the hot tub at my apartment building, and, just, and, and it's the jacuzzi. Like, this is a jacuzzi. Just confront jacuzzi. people. <laughs> just showdowns in the hot tub. Jacuzzi! With... <laughs> but you'd have to come up with, like, phone names. Yes. And we'd wear, like, masks. With Diane and Louise. Or, like, I feel like Diane is, like, a dynastic. You're definitely Diane, and Louise is my middle name. <coughs> yeah. So, would, were you saying Diane Louise? Diane and... But I, Good instinct. I feel like Diane is, like, power suit name. Yeah. So like, just, my, mom, my mom's name is Brenda, which is Brenda. an ultimate power suit name. Like, that's the... Yeah. Like, Immediately, like equate her with a Murphy Brown type. Totally. Like there's some, some, some fucking pads in that sh- in that in those yes. shoulders, you know, yeah. like and yes. some serious hair and big old glasses. Got a briefcase. It's pretty I mean, cool. That's basically you minus the briefcase. It's also my mom. Like we're the same person. <laughs> yeah. It's it's okay. Um, but yeah, with comedy, um, it, it's true. Like I really do. I have several different things that I use to write down. Um, Everything starts small and then gets uploaded to something that's universal. Like right. I, I will, I will write things down and then I will flesh them out either on. Uh, I'll do it in longhand on a yellow pad. Mm. I, I'll write it down shorthand in my little comedy notebook. I'll write it longhand on a yellow pad if I feel like if I'm at home because when I'm at home I want to do things physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm at work or something, I just log on to Google Docs and I like fucking type it in real fast. Um, so I flesh it out that way. Gotta capture it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's what I use for for Ghost House as well. So I can use the collaboration elements and stuff like that but I, I will often just say it to someone or I will write it down I have a notebook app on my phone too so if I don't have my comedy notebook app for some reason I have notepad which uh, uh, this is well, the last thing I wrote down is Subway says they have paninis bullshit even in the commercial you're just taking your regular sandwich and making it hot and small <laughs> Edberg. Well, I think I was very high when I wrote this. <laughs> We're being fair here. But like that's the that's the kind of stuff that gets written down in this in this little thingy, right? Is mm-hmm. is like dumb shit like that or uh, hydrate while you gyrate is a phrase that I wrote down one night. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that weird. That's not going to be anything, but yeah. it's in there. You just, just in case. You got to take the little nuggets because then you can revisit your old notebooks and just be like, wait, that's Hang interesting. Hang on, I got a minute. Turns Everything out gets that, like, every, every 50 pages I wrote something about gyration so I could actually string them all together. Yeah. Yeah. It's right? a funny word. Yeah. It's a very funny mm-hmm. word. So, yeah, I, I, it is a little bit like that. And, um, I definitely have friends that I consider collaborators because they'll be willing to... Because a joke is short, usually. Mm. Ideally, it's less than a paragraph. And somebody is usually willing to uh, entertain me for, for that amount of time. So I'll either send it to Chris or to my wife Tessa or to like like two or three other people who might be interested in hearing it. Um, yeah, so that I, I, I like being able to get that instant feedback, but I, it, the first critic is always me, and mm-hmm. it gets written down, and then most of it gets shelved and never talked about again. Mm-hmm. Are you of the, the practice that you have to sort of sit down and write for a specific amount of time? Or I, Ideally. Okay. I think it's a useful practice, mm-hmm. uh, and I think setting time to write is really useful. Um, getting inspiration is not 
something that you can call down, but you can just write. And the mm-hmm. practice of writing is very good to just get your brain into the pattern mm-hmm. of just doing the work. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like a, a real thesis that we come back to on the show a lot. It's mm-hmm. just like, just do the work. Mm-hmm. You just do it. Like we don't have a plan for our podcast. It's like, we find people we think are interesting and I preferably like attractive. Cause we have to sit with them in a room <laughs> for Look at sometimes a couple of hours. Uh, and Hopefully they should be they good talkers, stick. but I don't like, we don't, structure it at all right like the conversation is going to be what it is we'll put Mm -hmm. down a couple notes but we don't ever try to make it be something Mm -hmm. because it's like stuff comes out of us having this routine Mm -hmm. of like having to book a guest every week and having Mm -hmm. a conversation and we like sometimes it's really hard to get somebody Mm -hmm. and so like we just will still get together and do one because it's important to put one out every week Mm -hmm. why i don't know because it is Mm -hmm. because we decided it would be so Mm-hmm. And so that is something that we've had to organize our lives around and it means that I'm more productive as a result because I'm making this and then I have to make other things around it. Mm-hmm. But because I know I have to be here, I gotta get that other shit done. Mm-hmm. So it, like it's a little deadline every week that just helps me stay sort of a little bit fighting fit to be producing something. Mm-hmm. And you do most of the producing. Let's be fair. Uh, I try to do some admin here and there. Yeah. But uh, that's good. Yeah, it's no, good. It's, a, it's a nice collaboration and it's a really lovely thing to get to be part of. It's fucking cool to have a deadline. Yes. Yeah. I think that deadlines get a really shitty rap. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean... Being done stuff is so cool, though. And the whole, like, it does. It has to be done, not perfect is a yeah. whole thing, right? Oh, man, 80-20 like, you... for life. It's a drafting, motherfucker. Yeah, right? because, because everyone's oh going to have notes. So, like, you were saying you develop a relationship with the director. Mm-hmm. You go off, you work by yourself. You were Thanks. saying for a really long time, you yeah. ne- don't necessarily have someone on Gchat that you're, like, bouncing, like... Nugs off of no. you're, sweet nugs. You're working sweet sweet nugs. You're working on your own vision that you have. Yeah. And then you give it to the director, and even if you complete it to perfection in your yeah. own head, you give it to the director, and they're like, "Oh, I actually only like this chunk," and you're like, "All right, back to the director." So like, it's almost sometimes better mm-hmm. to give it to someone else when the ink is still wet, mm-hmm. so that you're able to figure stuff out. So it's like, "Hey, am I going in the right direction?" A trusted biped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like. It's not set in stone when no. I'm I'm not finished with it. I'm working on it. So here's my first yeah. draft mm-hmm. and then let us go back and forth and volley it back and forth yeah. and then we'll yeah. make it collaboratively, collectively into the thing mm-hmm. that has to be and it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. This has helped me be less precious about things. Yeah. Because the podcast is never going to be perfect. Nah. Sometimes it's magic. Like we've had yeah. a couple episodes that are just like, I can't believe we put this out there because uh-huh. this is like amazing shit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's not. Right? Like, sometimes it isn't, and it's fine. And we're just like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine to put something out there that's not perfect, because we're always putting something out there. Like, if you Mm -hmm. torture yourself and only put out the most perfect thing, you only ever put out one or two things in your life, if people don't like it, that's devastating. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly making things, and, like, 40% of what you produce is genius... Great. Nice work. Like, look at fucking R.L. Stein and Stephen King or Shonda Rhimes. R.L. motherfucking Stein. You're pulling it back to Goosebumps. Well, uh, (laughs) Goosebumps. You got the Goosebumps. You got the Fear Street. You got all that shit. Yeah. But, like, these people who do things, who are constantly producing things because there's a demand, some of it's incredible. Some of it is not very good. No. But it's still being made. Yeah. And, yeah, you wouldn't be getting the genius if you weren't also putting out the shit because it kind of, like, has to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. 80% perfect and finished always trumps 100% perfect and not finished. Yeah. Because no one knows you fucking exist. Okay. You ready to get crazy? Yes. Give it, give it, give it. You ready for this shit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted to say. It's just getting going. 
I'm bad at mouth bass. If too. you if you don't finish something and play it for people, does it exist? I don't think so. I don't think in any real human experience term that thing exists. So if you make a movie and you never finish editing it, it doesn't fucking exist. It's not a movie. It's, it, it's, it's footage. A, it's not a thing. But it isn't even footage because no one has witnessed. And to, yeah. like we're talking about... It's just a file. Oh, are you ready to get into some fucking yes, yes, visual yes. media thing? How, how witnessing makes it real. How, yeah. like, you actually have to have an audience for a thing to exist, right? You have to have the projection onto a person for the thing to have means. We're just talking about semiotics, right? We're talking about a thing that is a symbolic, but the symbol only exists with people to absorb the symbol, right? Yeah. Yep. So a thing can't exist unless there's an audience for it. Some, like, Marshall McLuhan fucking shit, right? You're like, bringing me back to Langara College. Right? Oh, my so God. Much. Shout out to Ed Hamilton. Ted. Wait a minute. Edward slash Wait Ted. Wait a minute. The medium is the message? Oh, my God. It's a Canadian heritage moment. <laughs> that means that the audience is the content. Right? That's right. You're going to stip off Marsha McLuhan's doormat. Woo! <laughs> I feel like this is an amazing place to end the podcast, if we're being honest. Oh, oh did you want to keep going? I'm just having the best time. I'm just having a really good time. But then you said that. <laughs> then I ruined it. Oh. I, I always want to end on a bang. But if you've got energy left. Red's got so many bangs. She's got so <laughs> many bangs. She bangs. I actually sign my emails pow. Yeah. Do you? I do. I sign my emails pow. Pow. Pow, Most pow, of them pow, I, pow. I, all, I feel like you just played the balloon. Oh, no. Oh, Red. I was having a very good time. I wanted to keep talking more about And then Katie ruined it. Oh. Well. Marshall. Here's the thing. I'll I'll say I'll say the point and if it continues rolling it, it continues rolling. Um, I know it's a long one, but the idea the idea is that if you make a thing and no one has ever seen it, does it exist? Because the thing that you made only exists in a medium for the purpose of projecting to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you make this amazing composition and no one ever hears it, then no one knows that it exists and you have no audience participation, you have no one to play it, you have no room for it to reverberate in, like it doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got a million demos on my computer saved to a cloud in a fucking crazy sidebar. If you ever want to do backup software, use Backblaze, it runs automatically <laughs> in your background. Like nice. Everything that you've ever made will just be backed up on a cloud somewhere. It's fucking incredible. Sounds like the guys from Sublime made it. I know. Backblaze. Dude. Backblaze. Fucking blaze it. Backblaze, dude. 420 gigabytes, blaze it. Bok. Bokblaze. Anyway. <clears throat> the idea is that if you don't have an audience, then art doesn't exist, right? Yeah. And I know that art, we can use a capital A or we can use a small A, mm-hmm. whatever you want. John Frusciante, everybody knows John Frusciante. Yes, right? I love John Frusciante. So John Frusciante <laughs> is a really interesting figure because he has See, why his... should we have stopped? We wouldn't have gotten to John Frusciante. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've already apologized, okay? You are everyone. Me. Everyone, let's pull it. <laughs> Tell John me Frisch- about my John sweet, sweet little Your sweet Johnny boy. He's got no teeth of his sweet own. Johnny. Sweet Johnny. Sweet Johnny, no teeth. Um, he started making records that he did not release. And this is an, an exercise, an interesting um, theoretical exercise, at least to me on the audience side of things. John Frusciante has been making and recording records and then not releasing them, just saving them on a hard drive somewhere. Does the album exist? Mm. I mean, yes, but also no, right? Does that record exist? 
No one's ever heard it. Presumably one or two people within his inner circle have heard it. But no one's ever heard it. No one knows what it sounds like. No one knows whether or not it's just an urban legend or it doesn't exist. You have no proof that the fucking shit exists. Right? Yeah. All you know is that this fucking genius Christ-like figure who walks among us. I'm like, this is the atheist Christ figure. All I mean is that he has long hair and he's a fucking god, right? Yes. <laughs> Sidebar, he's a fucking guitar god, yes. right? No lump of wood has ever sung so well as in the hands of one John goddamn Bethusela fucking for shanty. I love you so much more. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, does his record exist? Does it not exist? I don't fucking know. All I know is that it encapsulates this thing, which is like, if you don't finish your fucking shit, you are meaningless. Your shit doesn't mean anything, not because you're bad or you're good, because you aren't. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we get into some fucking nihilist shit, and you guys fed me rosé on ice, and now I'm talking about Fucking media theories yes, and yes, fucking yes, do yes. things exist or not? I'm here for this. Does it exist or not? If there's no audience, like no one in their right mind actually makes stuff that they're like, well, I feel really good about that and I'm going to put it in a hole and no one's ever going to see it ever. Mm-hmm. People don't make stuff like that. Yeah. People commune. That is a biological function that we have. Our desire is to commune with others. Our desire is to connect, to communicate to mirror and to herd. We want to figure out who is safe and who's not. And so we make things through cultural expression to share and to create community. And if we don't make stuff that connects to people, while we might have our own idea about what is good and what is not good, is all informed by where do I get love and therefore safety from. Right? Right? (laughs) You invited me on your shows. Where we're going, Uh, okay? That felt great. I just got hit with like in the heart and it went... (laughs) That's the thing, is that that's the way that humans are hardwired. And so when you write a song and you feel like, I feel like that speaks to somebody, I feel like my feelings came out, I feel like mm. our experiences, people mm-hmm. came out, and you can see it in your mind. You can see that there's going to be an audience where you can make eye contact with someone and that doesn't feel scary. You know, you feel like your voice is going to hold out or your hands are going to hold out or whatever you're going to do that you need to perform this piece of music that you give a shit about Mm -hmm. and the reason you give a shit about it is that on a deep fundamental biological fight or flight can i survive the night level is this a way for me to commune connect with others or is it not and at the core of everything that we make if there isn't an audience it's not that you need a great big audience you don't need carnegie hall you just need somebody else to say can you share with this experience with me because if another person can share with your experience, then we don't all fucking die in the night, right? And so if you don't finish your shit, it's like the dark death of the soul, yes. creatively speaking. You're, you never feel like anybody saw you. Even if people saw it and they were like, fuck you, you suck, you're like, well, they hate me, but at least they know I exist, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's my perpetual fear that I'm... Yes. <laughs> I've, been, I've been scoring for 11 years. The first sit down with the director after we've had our spotting session, after I've said, get away from me, (laughs) go away, go talk to your colorist and deal with that bullshit. And then they come back and I say, here's two or three key themes from the movie. Here's our like hero theme. Here's our anti-hero theme. Here's our sort of like pathos scene. And here's our rising action. Here's our like core signposts along the way of how are we going to make this movie feel like there's a cohesive unit to it. Mm -hmm. I sit down. I'm like, okay, here's the stuff. 
and I flop sweat every single time. Every single fucking time. Yeah, even after years and years of experience. I did a, uh, my bio says that I've scored somewhere around 50 movies. I did a, like a ballpark sketch, like tally, not sketch, but tally through my system. And I looked and I'm over 70. Like I've scored over 70 movies, right? So I've done a couple of movies. Like I figured a couple of things out. I haven't stopped sweating every single time I show it because it's tied into that deep, like, are you going to... What's your worth? What's my worth and therefore am I lovable and therefore am I safe? Fuck. Right? It's some fucking deep shit. So when you get up, like, when you get up with a new joke, it's the same thing. Are these people saber-toothed tigers and grizzly bears and are they going to eat me down to the bone or do I live another day, right? And even though it's a very modern manifestation of the the process we just want to be loved because love means accepted accepted means community community means safety safety means nobody eats you while you sleep <laughs> unless you and want. that is how humans are fucking motivated so if you don't finish your shit a fucking saber-toothed tiger is gonna come they're gonna eat your asshole out you're gonna fucking die alone finish and then your shit they're gonna get make you, you from going to gusset going to gusset and that's how you finish a fucking podcast <laughs> ceaselessly <laughs> That's what I think an air horn sounds like. <laughs> a little bit more high-pitched, I think. <laughs> That's how go. we start a podcast. <laughs> Aziz Ansari's Randy character. Randy. Randy. Whatever his joke is, and then it ends up underwater. And then his hype man is like, that's right. Randy told you it was underwater. Here lies Randy. He died eating pussy in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs>